0: Ooh, buddy. It's been a good morning, right? It's been a good morning, right? Okay. <laughs> we're awake. Good. Oh, I'm so, so excited. I was, I was remembering the very first time that I came to Abergavenny. How many were people, people were here in 2013? Yeah, for those of you who don't know, before I was attached to this lovely man up front, I've always been attached to Jesus. <laughs> I love him. I'm in love with him. I'm obsessed with him. We're a little bit crazy together. In 2013, I had the privilege for the first time to come to Abergavenny because Chris and Lyra had moved out a year before from London, and we had known each other in New Life, which was the church there. And the first time I actually came for your, I guess, inauguration, like the prayer service to release you, in April of 2012. It was like bubbles, just a little bit. Every, anybody ever get bubbles in the spirit that you're like anticipating? There's something there. I don't know what it is, but there's something there. And then when I came in 2013, the very first day, I woke up really early, and it was winter. So you know, it gets still dark at five thirty, six a.m. I left the church because we were staying here, and I remember walking out, past the church by the bus station because I didn't know ever at that point and I ended up wandering up a back wall just as dawn was coming yeah and there were stairs that went up and there were ruins big beautiful stone walls that as an American we don't have things like that and I'm from the south not from the north where they might have things like that you know So as I walked up these stairs, and I just saw this massive wall, and again, it's dark. I can't really see where I'm going or what's going on, but light is coming. And I'm walking along this massive wall, and I'm like, where are we going? And in my spirit, again, I was just starting to learn adventure with God. I was just starting to learn that it's not what I know or what I've experienced as a good Baptist church girl that can give you all the right answers but this adventure in the relationship of the journey. And I was walking in the morning, breathing, wondering what the week was going to look like in a new place with a team of seven or eight young people. And then at one point I rounded and looked up and there were even bigger ruins. And I was like, what is this wall? And for those of you who know Abber, where had I found myself? As a queen alongside my king of glory, he had led me to the place that he wanted me to reign. (laughs) And every time I've come back, that place of massacre, that place of bloodshed, that place of ruin in the middle of this beautiful town has been a place that I love meeting with my king. I love prophesying over. I love standing and looking at the mountains that in his glory five, six years on, I found my physical king. And we're just getting started. And what was beautiful, that year I had the opportunity, Chris has so honored me with giving a privilege up front. And I never understood it because he was one of the few. I love sharing in Bible schools. I love sharing in devotionals. And I taught on base. But Chris gave me the pulpit. And again... As a good Baptist girl, one, girls, women are not on the stage. And two, they guard their pulpit. Week in and week out, most of the time it's it's theirs. It's not shared. And that is such a privilege. And you know what I preached on the very first year? Does anyone remember 2013? I preached on home and finding home In the beloved, in the king, in the one who has given himself for us. And I remember Mama Doris, those of you who know her, she's well over 90 now, right? (laughs) Auntie Doris, Mama Doris. She came up to me after and she said, I just feel like you need to know that wasn't just a word to this body. I think there's home for you here in Abergavenny. (laughs) So it's a privilege now to be April Clark and this to be the first opportunity to share out of the fullness that God is bringing to pass. And I'm humbled and overwhelmed and trying not to lose it, honestly. The shaking is not fear. In the physical, it is the fear of the Lord because I don't want to say anything that is not of him. Because April's quite passionate. She's quite fiery, quite opinionated, if you've known me for any length of time. But I don't want to stand up here and say anything that is not of his heart. So I want you to close your eyes with me for a second because he's held me to do something different and it fits in line. So just close your eyes and we're going to wait. It's been an amazing morning full of his presence. We just want to wait and still ourselves like Chris said. And then I'm going to sing a prayer over us.
1: Captivate us, Lord Jesus, set our eyes on you, devastate us with your presence falling down. Rushing river, draw us nearer. Holy fountain, consume us with you. Captivate us, Lord Jesus, with you. Captivate us, Lord Jesus, with you.
0: We thank you, Jesus, that your eyes are blazing fire. Passionately desiring that we would know you more. They're not blazing fire in contempt, they're not blazing fire in anger, they are blazing fire in desire. For your bride. For your people. For your pure and spotless ones. Papa, I thank you that the whole world ends with the marriage feast of the Lamb. I thank you that your invitation is not only to know you as Lord and Savior. It's not only to relate to you as sons and daughters. But the depths of your glorious river are always beloved. And Father, we pray that you would show us that picture this morning of spirit dancing down the aisle, dropping rose petals, of Father God standing at the front witness ready to wed us as any vicar or minister. That when the doors fling open and we as a beautiful bride walk down that aisle following the spirit led to our yes at that altar. Those blazing eyes of fire that give us the strength to put one foot in front of the other. (laughs) We want to lock eyes with you this morning, Jesus. Because you've called us and you've chosen us and you've said, I am in this until the end. You want to be with me? You want to be one with me? Then let's do it. Because I am all in. I am all in, I am all in, knowing that you will run from me, knowing that you will doubt me, knowing that you will hate me sometimes for the things that I have called you to. Jesus whispers, I give you my yes. And his question today is, will we say yes in return? So, Lord, we entrust it to you, and we thank you for your guidance this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I have been so excited to know and to see how God is leading us. Yeah? So I've just been around since January. And week after week after week, does anybody else feel it that it's getting better and better and better? And we've had in mind this series for maybe three months at least, two or three months, and just to hear, I remember Hayden's word about fresh oil and the oil of the Spirit being poured out. The words from, from John Partington and Bruce Collins about walking in the power of the Spirit, about Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me, that that's a word over us as a body, that we are ready for this. And then there's so many more, right? We heard about just the simplicity of the Spirit on Pentecost. No, you just love it, that remembrance, that that day has always been a really important day. And John reminded us that the Spirit makes impossible things possible, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a health situation, or whether it was something as simple as he mentioned with language and wanting to say things in a different way and not feeling powerful enough to do it. And yet when the Spirit rushed in and led the way, He found the strength. I have just been amazed. And I don't know about you, but I challenge, I encourage you, if you don't pay attention to what God does, it will be a very, very difficult road. But it gets lighter when you wake up week by week and go, wait a minute, what did he say last week? What is he saying now? What did he say a year ago? What is he saying now? It gets exciting, guys, to remember and to dwell in the faithfulness and the goodness of the king. Because you can't help recognize that He's all over your life. You can't help recognize that He comes through. Because if you just walk one foot in front of the other, you only get so far. I mean, you're moving. Praise the Lord. We're moving. <laughs> but look up. Look up. The glory of the Lord is around us. Look up. It's in your workplaces, it's in your family. Look up. So I love that prayer out of Revelation this morning. Come up higher. That is always the prayer and the hope of the king. Come up and look and I will show you wonderful things. Amen? So I have a couple of keys today. I was asking God. And I feel like what I've got today is like, Lord, this doesn't even fit. But he kept challenging me that there are a couple of keys I want to release over you as an umbrella. An umbrella that you can use... Against the storms of life. <laughs> and that maybe in the river, you not, might not catch half of what I'm saying today. Yeah? So go back and listen and catch the keys and dwell in them. I'm going to give passages. I'm going to give heart. So go back and listen. Because the other weeks, these lovely men that we serve alongside are going to give better keys. Whereas I'm all heart. In my mind, and in April, I'd rather be mental. I've said that before, but God in his spirit breaks me and challenges me and says, no, we're going to go all heart. And I'm like, I don't want to be heart. Heart is messy. Heart is frustrating. Heart is scary. And he says, exactly. Let's dive. Let's dive and die. And then I'll breathe life into you as you drown. <laughs> yes. The spirit told me that it's scary, right? Yes. That's the way we move. Okay, so another scary person that I want to start with. How many of you know about Reese Howells? You've seen me flirt? yeah? <laughs> I didn't know anything about Reese Howells until I married this lovely man. So amen for cross-pollination and understanding that there are more things to the kingdom than you know. Yeah? And then we had the amazing privilege to go to Bless Wales a couple of weeks back. And they spoke about him because Bible College of Wales, which he founded... It's being revitalized, and God's eye is on revival and land. And so I picked up the book, Reese Howell's Intercessor. And I've been reading, and it's fun to see lessons in life that I've lived with the Spirit kind of crazy things that you don't always talk about <laughs> because they're crazy. He lived some of them. And one of the ones that jumped out for me today that I'd love to read to you, because as we talk about standing victoriously, walking in victory, One of the biggest hindrances is that we think it depends on us. And anybody else there? We think, oh, man, I really wanted to go. Let's do this. We'll make it. We'll conquer. I will read more. I will pray more. I will fast more. Or maybe that's just the go-getters. And then the other ones say, you know what? I can't do it. I wouldn't even try. Don't have time for that. It's too exhausting. And we have these two extremes that are based in flesh. They're based in self-effort. Whether it's self-righteousness and self-sufficiency or whether it's failure and rejection, it's all still flesh. And yet we know we are called to walk in spirit. Yeah? Are you with me? Am I hitting anything? Yeah? We're called to walk in spirit. And yet sometimes we don't know. And I read this part. So this is testimony from Reese Howe's own journey. He had encountered God right in the beginning of the Welsh Revival. Actually, he moved back from America, 1904, when everything was breaking out. He had an encounter of finding Jesus, of recognizing that his good works and his goodness was not actually godliness. It was just goodness in his flesh. And so he he repented of that. He met Jesus. He had a crazy encounter. It's all here. It's a biography, not an autobiography, yeah? But they're just stories. And then... He's in the middle of revival, prayers, um, teachings, in the middle of people changing. And he said, what I have is not enough. Are, are you with me? This is where we're heading. What I have is not enough. I'm seeing transformation. Hundreds and thousands are coming, but we're all messing up in the same way. We're all missing the same point. So he goes to God and he says, what do I need? And what did God say? What do we all need? What have we been reminded of? You need the spirit of God. God. You need the Spirit of God. And there's a whole chapter about the Holy Spirit taking possession in his heart. But I want to read snippets because it wrecked me. And I hope that it will for you as well. Because wrecking is good. (laughs) When the wrecking happens, then the king can rebuild in the best way. So it says the meeting with the Holy Ghost was just as real as Reese Howells had with his meeting in the Savior those years before. I saw the spirit as a person apart from flesh and blood. And the spirit said, as Savior has a body, so I dwell in the cleansed temple of the believer. I am a person. I am God, and I am coming to ask you to give your body to me that I might work through it and work in it. I need a body for my temple. But it must belong to me without reserve. For two persons with different wills can never live in the same body. Will you give me yours? But if I come in, now this is spirit speaking, guys. This is his encounter with spirit. This is a voice of God through the spirit speaking to a son or a daughter, just like us today. But if I come in, I come as God. And you must go out. I shall not mix myself with yourself. This is Reese. He made it very plain that he would never share my life. I saw the honor he gave me in offering to indwell me. But there were many things very dear to me. And I knew he wouldn't keep one of them. The change he would make was very clear. It meant that every bit of my fallen nature was to go to the cross, and Spirit would bring in His own life and His own nature. This was unconditional surrender. And then there's a few pages in the book that I don't have time to read everything, but there's pages... Of this week, week and a half, almost two weeks, I think, day after day, Spirit would come to Reese and say, are you willing? And he would hit another individual heart thing. He dealt with materialism and money. He dealt with ambition. He dealt with... What else? He dealt with choice And the fact that I have a right to choose what I want to do. And Spirit came in and said, will you give me? Are you willing to give me that right and let me lead you to the best choice? And so there's this experience documented that just blew my mind. Because honestly, it wasn't that clear for me. Because I've known the right thing and the good thing and the honest thing to do, which was actually a little bit of a trouble for April because... I sometimes thought I was just as good as God. (laughs) I don't know if anyone else comes from that. I'm pretty sure you do because that's part of what I'm here to break in this land that we are convinced we know all the right answers. And sometimes, sometimes it's a beautiful intention. We want to do the best. But if it's not led by the voice of the Spirit, it's death. And so even in our trying, To live victoriously, to be a better husband, to be a better father, to be a better wife, to be a better friend, to be better. We destroy ourselves because it's not directed by the goodness of the Spirit. And so there's this bit where Spirit keeps speaking to him You will never be able to save yourself any more than the Savior could when he was on earth. Now, are you willing? And he keeps with this question and keeps with this question. And actually, what was interesting is that Reese Howes was given a time period. He was given a last point. Again, that relationship and that call that he had on his life spirit said, by six o'clock tonight, I want to know. And you can read, that's part of the story and it blew my mind. It made me... Who was it last week? Mark Tolman. You know, he said sometimes we hear over here, God, God, tell me why. What? That makes no sense. And then we run to Jesus, and we say, Jesus, why did you do that? And then he says something else that's confusing, and we run back to Spirit, and we we move in relationship, asking questions and looking for truth. And that's a bit of what happened. I went, Spirit, you you gave him till 6 o'clock? Like, why? Was there not a final end? Why was there not, you know? So this whole thing says, once more the question came, are you willing? It was ten minutes to six. And Reese said, I wanted to do it, but I could not. Your mind is keen when you are tested, and in a flash it came to me. So this is Reese's revelation by the Spirit at the same time Spirit is asking him. This is crazy, right? How can self be willing to give up self? Five to six came. I was afraid of those five minutes. I could count the ticks in the clock. Then spirit spoke again. If you can't be willing, would you like me to help you? Are you willing to be made willing? Take care, the enemy whispered. When a stronger person than yourself is on the other side, to be willing is to be made willing, is the same as being willing. As I was thinking about that point, I looked at the clock. It was one minute to six. So I bowed my head and I said, Lord, I am willing. Immediately, I was transported into another realm within that sacred veil where the Father, Savior, and Holy Ghost live. Then I heard God speaking, and I have lived here ever since. When the Holy Ghost enters, he comes to abide forever. To God and the blood be the glory. How I have adored the grace of God. It is God who gaze, who goes so far as to give us repentance. It was God who helped me to give up my will. There were some things he asked during the week that I was able to give up because I was the master of them. But when he asked me to give up myself and my will... I found I could not until he pulled me through. There's a key that he speaks about that really just resonated as we're speaking of living victoriously and walking victoriously. There are things that I can say yes to God, my sinful nature, the things that he calls me to, and I say, I don't want this anymore. Take it, Lord but there are deeper levels of self that I don't even know where to start because I am so tainted, I am so confused, I am so broken that I don't even know where to start by giving things up. And every time I would start on that self stuff, are you with me? That's where I start striving. Anybody been there? Okay, I will stop saying that. Like John, (laughs) that language was there for whatever reason, protection, fears, Uh, pride, wanting to be in the middle of everything, whatever it was, it was so deep connected to self that nothing but the willingness of spirit moving through my yes would change it. Are you with me? Does that make sense? Because we keep saying we want more anointing. We keep saying we want more spirit. We keep saying we want more breaking of chains. But when spirit comes in to break chains, we often stand in front and say, that's not the way. Are you with me? The river is flowing and we set blockades and say, that's not how I want to do it. I don't understand what you're doing. Please stop. I can't take this. I don't understand. And we end up blocking the reigning of the king of glory, the rain and the rain from the king because we come up with our own ideas and our own understandings. And week after week in this series, we're going to hear good things. We're going to hear amazing disciplines. We're going to hear truth about how to live. But if we think that we will take that truth and make it happen, we are starting on the wrong footing, beloved. We are starting in the wrong place, and we will find more darkness and more confusion and more guilt and more failure and more self now, is it just me? I really, I want to wait for hands. Who is sick of themselves in their life? Who is sick of their ways and their strategies? Do you realize that as you lift up your hand and you say, I'm sick of it, Lord, you're actually saying, God, I want you to do something about it. I want you to move because I don't want to sing and worship and pray and then go home and do something else. I don't like that about me. It's like Chris says about the the journey of finding this peace, he could give answers to everybody else, and yet he himself was lacking. And there was a passage that that came so strong to me, and it's in Ezekiel 47, and I want to read it out because it's been part of my journey of learning about the depths of God. And I think we know this passage about the river that flows from the temple. I don't have enough time to read all of it, to be honest, so... Like I said, Ezekiel 47, go and seek God, but I'll give you the cliff notes. There's this whole picture about the son of man showing us more of who he is. And Ezekiel has this encounter where he sees in a vision the temple of the Lord God Almighty. And flowing from the temple, and there's a lot about gates and different gates, and people who know a lot more than me will know what they mean, and that's brilliant. but flowing from one direction out of the temple were pure living waters that flowed into the river of God. And you have this encounter that happens with Ezekiel where the Son of Man takes him to four different levels in this river, and it's brilliant because the Son of Man measures out a distance. It's all there. Go and read it. See if I'm telling the truth. Yeah? He measures out a distance, then he calls to Ezekiel to follow him to that distance. And then the next uh, level, the son of man, Jesus, that's the picture. Jesus leads, spirit leads to the next line, calls forward, Ezekiel, come and follow me. And then they're at that level. And there's four different levels. And I was with God, to be honest, I don't remember when it fell. Just a revelation that fell of these different levels and keys in the fact that the first level that Ezekiel is led to is ankles. Okay? That he's in the rivers, he's in the waters up until his ankles. Now, if we're till our ankles, the Spirit spoke that that symbolizes... The seekers. Okay? Why? If you're in your ankles, are you committed to that river? (laughs) You're testing the waters, right? There's nothing wrong with that. It's beautiful. It's a measuring line that Jesus leads you to. So you're in, and it's a little bit cold. No, I don't know if I want to be there. (laughs) You walk back in, and then you start kicking around. A little bit of that water. The next level that Ezekiel was led to was the knees, Again, we've got rivers all over Abera. Think about, often I see it as an ocean with this picture that came. It's the water, and the Spirit is living water. That's in John 7, 37 to 39. If you don't know that passage, someone else mentioned it. I think Mark mentioned it last week. So the knees. Spirit spoke to me that the knees are again a beautiful level. They're deeper than the seeker. You're going to get a bit more wobbly if you're in the water, yeah? But he spoke, this is Lord and Savior, Master, King, I worship you, I adore you. You know, when we're lost in worship to the King, this is often our posture, yeah? We are on our knees saying, Lord, your way and not my way. Your plans and not my plans, But how many of us know that a lot of the body of Christ are stuck on our knees? Because we haven't moved to the deeper levels. There's two more, guys. The next one, remember, seekers, beautiful. If you're ankle deep, beautiful. Keep moving into the depths. Move into that Lord and Master. Let Spirit guide you there. What's the third one? The waist, yeah? Again, it's all there. Ezekiel 47. go read it. The waist Spirit show me that the waist you ever seen a daddy? Can't wait till Esther gets a little bit bigger. What's going to happen when she's two or three years old with Jim? It's going to pick her up by the waist, throw her in the R at the R. <laughs> what? Throw her in the air. (laughs) You know, it's it's crazy, this accent of mine. Lord, help us. Throw her in the air. It's going to twirl her and dance with her. When you dance with sons and daughters, when you move with sons and daughters, you come down to waist level, do you not? You don't stand over them and tell them what to do. If we do, God, let us train to be better mothers and fathers because you always come down and meet them where they are and then call them higher, pick them up and take them where they need to go. How many of us know that when you're in the waters with small kids, you're not just going to let them be on their own because it's getting to be too deep if it's at their waist and maybe they'll get scared. And so father is with them in the journey. You ever seen little ones in the river? You know, they're they're trying to get their footing. But the water coming up to waist deep, it gets more and more shaky. So Spirit spoke to me that that third level is the beauty of being sons and daughters with him. That That is another level that if we're just on our knees with Lord and Master, we're not actually believing that the Father is speaking to us. The Father wants the best for us. The Father has plans for us. The Father is good. Because you know when you're on your knees with Lord and Master, you yell at him a lot because you don't understand what he's doing. You don't understand what he's doing. But when you're a son or a daughter, you can run into father and say, why? Why? Yeah, but okay, but why? And sometimes, the one that we love as children, because I said so. At least that's strong in the States. I don't know if it's here. Maybe you're more polite. No, because I said so. I don't need to explain to you. I'm an adult and you're a child. Sometimes that line comes because I said so. But most of the time, what comes? Well, because A, B, and C. Yeah, but why? Well, because (laughs) A, B, and C. Z and R and T and Q because they never ask questions in order, right? Because kids come up with the most interesting things. We are sons and daughters. God is not scared of your questions. He's actually saying, come for me and ask them. Come. Jeremiah 33.3 3 is one of my favorite verses. Come to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and marvelous things that you've never even heard of. How many of us know that a 14-year-old thinks that they know everything. They don't ask questions. They don't need you. As a 32-year-old, I'm just starting to get, holy cow, (laughs) Lord, I know nothing. Train me, teach me, put me around mothers and fathers to learn, humble me. Thank you for giving a man that is so much more wise than me, has a few years on me, that will teach me and grow me up. I don't want to be a stupid child, an ignorant person who thinks that I know everything, Yes, it's part of adolescence, but at some point, are we going to grow up? It's a question I had to start asking of the Lord. How mature are we, Papa? Am I still acting like a five-year-old brat? No, 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 that's the wrong thing. Am I still acting like a five-year-old, why, 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 and not actually listening? Or am I now a 14-year-old brat who thinks that I know it all? Or a 20-year-old who's now gone to university and definitely knows that they know it all. I'll never forget having conversations with my younger brother, who's the older of the two, when he came home from uni. Just, it was all over him. I have now seen the world. And at that point, I had had the privilege of living in different places and moving and learning more. And just, where at 22, I was like, I was the same way. (laughs) You know, we go through seasons. They're not a problem. We don't judge the seasons. We recognize we've been there. But the most beautiful part is the fourth one. Because it's actually the most terrifying. (laughs) Because the phrasing in verse 5 says, Again, he measured off a third of a mile, and it was a river that I could not cross on foot. For the water had risen... And it was deep enough to swim in a river that could not be crossed on foot. And remember what I prayed at the beginning in the journey that God has taken me in that I'm never going back. I am so privileged to have the physical man in front of me, and we're learning, and we're married, and we're loving it, but I didn't need him. And he knows this. I'm not, he said the same. I didn't need him to complete something. I didn't need him to heal something broken because I found it in my husband who is my maker in the heavenlies who saw me before he was made. I didn't just put a ring on my finger to say I'm waiting because Jesus is my lover because I was broken and lost and angry at men, which is a reality. I'm not making light of that. But sometimes we forget that the whole story ends in the marriage feast of the lamb. The whole story ends in the beloved and his beloved. The whole story ends in a celebration of man and wife. And we have the privilege of so many people experiencing that on earth, but we also have the reality that not everybody does we have the reality of a lot of single men and single women who are desperate for something and married women and married men who are desperate for something. And that deeper level, that all-consuming, lack of control, deep enough to swim in because I don't know what's going on and I can't control it, is I am my beloved's and he is mine. I trust him. I match him. I learn from him. He shattered me, guys, shattered my religion, shattered my fears. When one day I was on my knees, Lord, just do it, Lord, I'm so sorry, I'm so, and he whispered, my bride doesn't bow at my feet. My bride stands beside me because then she can see my perspective. She can see my direction. She can see my heart. Guys, it took months to sort that one out with him. I was like, no, but we're supposed to bow. Like this morning, when you overcome us, we're meant to bow. We're meant to go low. We're meant to say, you are God and I am not. And he kept whispering, but I want you beside me. I chose you. I called you out of darkness and brought you into light so you can walk with me and I can whisper into your ear. I can call you like Reese So I'm explaining it as a woman, but I love that that was the same call on this guy. Are you willing to give me all of you? Isn't that what we say in vows? That's what the whole thing is about. And I was burning with that for this morning. We can give so many good principles, and we can give so much truth. But if it's not through the filter that is pure That with the intention that we are all walking into the deeper things. You know what's crazy? All of those levels are with the Father. And with the Son. And with the Spirit. Are you with me? None is better than the other. There are levels of growth and levels of maturity that are moving more into being Christ-like. Because we've only been married six months. You said something this morning or last night. Was it this morning? He sounded so American, guys. And I was like, am I rubbing off on you, babe? Why? Because what happens? You rub off husband and wife. And I was praying this morning. It was in intercessors. This sense that all of God has been given to us. All of Jesus has been given to us. There are verses about the fullness, about the power of the Spirit. We know that. But I feel like there's a deeper revelation to be had that will actually give us the power to fight. Because when we are husband and wife, there's a covenant there, right? There's a seal there that in the purest way, no weapon formed against marriage can prosper. The enemy would love for us to think different. But the reality is if I choose to be with God and with him as my everything. What he says affects me. What he means affects me. I want to sit and have conversations with him. I don't just have to tick a box of my daily reading plan. You know, I want to sit with my beloved and learn what he thinks. If I just lived in a house with Stu, that'd be a little bit boring and a waste of both of our times. Yeah? If I just talked to him in the morning, peace out, never called him, never messaged him, never hung out with him. And yet, how many of us, I'll put my hand up, for years and years, I knew God, and that is how I related to him.
1: And he is so good, isn't he? (laughs) He never says, hey, April, get it together and come love me. Love me, love me, love me, love me. I need love.
0: Does God do that? No, he says, okay, we're at son-daughter level. Okay, I love you. And I do have really great plans, and I can see all the beautiful things in you. Let me tell you about them. Let me tell you what I see in you. Let me show you who you are, the voice of the Father that says you are beautiful. You are special. You are worth it. You are worth my time. But you know there's deeper levels. And it, it was the same thing Mark hit on last time. And I struggle, if I'm honest, right? I told Stu this week, I don't like those words. They make me rub conditional love. I was like, whoo. God, I don't like that word. And he was like, but is it wrong? Basically what Mark said and what he led us with last week is unconditional love is available to everyone, right? Unconditional love is being poured out upon the whole earth. But the conditional love is something deeper. It's something more pure because it's actually my response. Just like Reese said, I am willing to be willing. That starts something different. Yeah? That starts something deeper. That starts something more scary to that river. How many people like to be out of control? No hands went up except one faithful. Yeah? No hands went up because we like to know what's going on. We like to understand. How many people like being in water? This might get a different. Like being in water when you can't see what's underneath you. These might be the adventure people. They raise, yeah, give it. I'll go. I'll go worry. I'll go s- explore. I hate it, guys. Like, <laughs> I remember last year I was on the phone with with Stu. I was in Scotland, and uh, the tide comes out and in, and there were there were rocks that I know when the tide goes. But it was at the time that I hadn't been before, and I basically was chatting on the phone, la la la, and then I looked, and it was dark because it was one of these rocks. Like, I knew what it was, and yet I had a mini panic attack because it was, like, right there beneath this much water. And God God hit me. Just, like, see how much you freak out when you can't see what's around you? (laughs) Beloved, do you trust me or not? Like, we had a a moment because he uses everything. And I was on the phone, and Stu was like, will you calm down? Like, what's going on? Like, no, no, no. It's something, and I can see. I know it's a rock. Why am I freaking out? I love that he uses every moment because I've given him the place to chat. It's not just in my prayer closet, which is a powerful thing. Let's be honest. If we have a prayer closet, let's use it. Amen. Let's go there. Let's press in. But let's move day by day, standing and learning and moving victoriously because he wants to be in every moment. I don't stop being married when I'm at Nichols. You see how this revelation changes everything. That was one piece he told me. Beloved, we need to go to counseling. Because you say that you love me, and you say that we're one, but you don't act like it. What do you do in the morning? This was 20 to 12. Yeah, this was a lot of years ago. He said, if we went to marriage counseling, what would that look like? You don't talk to me in the morning. You don't care what I have to say. You don't listen to me. You don't consult me. We'd have issues, babe. And I was like, you are so right. He said, one day when you do get married, you're gonna talk to your husband before you roll out of bed, or are you just gonna go about your business? I was like, no, I want to wake up and talk to him, and we do. Because that's what relationships look like. How many of us know when there's tension in a home, whether with children or tension in a friendship, you stop talking? It's the first thing that goes, right? Because you don't know what to say, you don't know how to say it, you don't know how to move forward. Tension builds up, and then there's silence. Does that sound at all like our relationship with God sometimes? You realize as you move through the levels, he gives you free access, free access to come and say, you know what? I didn't like when you did that. It really hurt me, and I don't understand and I don't know what you're getting at, God, but I don't know how. I don't know what you want from me. I say that all the time to him. And does he say, well, just figure it out,
1: April. Go and do it.
0: No, never, never heard that reaction. It says, let's talk about it. Thanks for coming. Or sometimes maybe he's silent, like we heard about last week about the test. Maybe sometimes he's letting us take a breather and figure out what we actually mean by the silence. So it's a call to the deeper things. And I just want to end in 2 Peter 1, okay? Another passage that I I felt, but I want you to go and dig. I want you to go and hear what Spirit says, because we don't have the time here to unpack everything. As much as I would love to, it also strengthens you to take a passage that's brought on a Sunday and go sort it out with Spirit. Yeah? That's the point, I don't relate to Stu through all of you. It helps sometimes to talk, to share, to ask, to figure out what he was like before I showed up. That's one of my favorite questions. How have we changed each other? How have we grown together? How have we bettered one another? So I ask and I listen. But I've got to talk to him. So I love this passage, Second Peter, and we're going to have the words on the screen, and we're going to read all this because I think that it's where we want to land So it says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now remember, Peter had the same thing. He was a good servant, a good person, protecting Jesus, cutting off people's ears, (laughs) standing at the front of the line. Open mouth, insert foot, Peter, right? You're like, oh, did he really just say that? Yeah, he did. Okay. Everything you lived, Peter, and you still walked away from him? Yeah. Because Peter really liked himself. He was one of those strong ones who knew all the right answers and was going to be the best in the room. I love Peter. Because the minute Jesus showed up to him and poured out Holy Spirit, he became a new man. And that's what we're walking in the newness. So he says, for those who have received a faith equal to ours. Guys, this is the right hand. This is the one that the church is being built on. And he writes, a faith equal to ours. Your faith is equal to that of the person that is built upon the church. The church is built upon him. Wow. Those are strong words. Faith equal to ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. We've been singing week after week after week about the goodness of God. And Chris was challenging us to be glory ready to build that altar. I love it. It's all the same. It's all the same God saying the same thing to us because he wants us to get it. By these, he has given very great and precious promises so that through them you may share in the divine nature. So that through them you may share in the divine nature. So when I become one with Christ, just like a marriage relationship, I access his oneness. That's the revelation. I access his oneness, I take his name. Even more so than any physical marriage, I take his name. I take his characteristics. I take his attributes. And he shows me how I was already made to do that. Why do I take his name? That I might share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. For this very reason, make every effort. There's that standing. There's that walking that we're going to learn from. Another one says, be diligent. It takes effort. But he doesn't say, throw punches. Yeah? He doesn't say, knock them dead. He says, make every effort. And you know what I see in that? Stand. Poof, knock you back. Stand. Beat you down. Stand. And even when weak knees start shaking and you don't have the strength to stand, Jesus, help me stand. We stand and make every effort to supplement faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness Godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love. There is a preaching there to to look into, to find those keys. Why does Peter list them in that order? Go and talk to your lover. Go and talk to your father. Go and ask him. What's that about? Because, check out verse 8, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful. It's a promise. It will keep you from being useless and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past. Do you hear condemnation in that? No. There's a line. There's an observation. If you're not increasing, you've forgotten something. If you're not moving forward, you've forgotten something. You forgot that you have been set free like Chris called us. It was enough that he saved us. That's enough to celebrate. So verse 10, therefore make every effort to confirm your calling and election. Because if you do these things, you will not stumble. It's a promise in the word of God, guys. We need to hold to this word because I have tested this for years and I'm not stumbling very often because of his grace because of his goodness, because I'm learning from mistakes, because I'm talking to the father. I'm not dwelling with April's thoughts because April thinks not good things sometimes. April's motives are bad often. April's pride comes up so often thinking she knows better. But I increase my calling and say, God, it's your way. I got rid of self. When she starts speaking, "Uh uh-uh, I ain't got time for you. I ain't got time for you. I want to listen to what Jesus says. Not what people say, not what culture says. I need to hear my king. I need to hear my lover, his whisper. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom will be richly provided for you. Therefore, I will always, and I pray this with Peter, I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are established in the truth that you now have. Again, the levels. We have truth but I promise you the king wants to pour out more truth. So he's going to remind us, and this is that last verse, I think it is right as long as I am in this bodily tent to wake you up with a reminder. And guys, that's my heartbeat. That's what I love about this. That's why you hear me scream. Sometimes it may offend. Sometimes we may not understand. But when I stand up and I sing and I declare and we dance and we shout and we celebrate, it's a wake-up call. It's a reminder of everything that he has done for us. It's not a show. When we wave the banners, it's not a distraction. It's a wake-up call that we would no longer hit the snooze button. That we would no longer hit the snooze button in the spirit and say, you know what, I don't have time for that. You don't understand the pain I'm in. You don't understand the issues that are in my family. You don't understand my circumstance and my, my background. You don't understand where I'm coming from. And I say, stop snoozing the Lord. Stop pushing that button when he is wanting to wake you up into a newness with him, into a relationship with him. And it looks different. There was a word a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to end here, and we'll see what we do where Phil came forward and he talked about the petrol and going into the petrol station and taking the cap off, taking away the limitations so that it can be filled with petrol. And one thing that he loved that I said, some of us are scared of certain things with the Spirit. Some of us have all kinds of background. We have all kinds of issues. We have all kinds of confusion. But the reality is, the Spirit will sit on you like he was made to sit on you that's the beauty in our god the same way that each family looks different each marriage looks different each child rearing and bringing up it looks different each culture looks different because the diversity is glorious but the roots i love chris is bringing us the roots have to be the same we have to be true to our roots Because spirit will do whatever he wants to do. And it may be crying, it may be shouting, it may be the stillness that you've never experienced before. But he won't do something that you're not comfortable with if you give a yes. When I started with the shouts, guys, I come, that's one that's huge for me. (laughs) Because I come from a Baptist church you stand up and you sit down when the person leads you to. And as I fell more in love with Jesus, I kept having these hallelujah cries. (laughs) Hallelujah, Lord. And it was so foreign because you just don't do that. You just don't do that. That's not our way. That's not honoring to God. And it's the purest heart, but it's a lie. Because if I'm falling in love with Jesus and the only thing that comes out of April's being, you can ask my husband because he knows more now. I'm just as crazy at home, guys. I turn on music and I sing and I act crazy. And I wonder why God partnered us because he is so steady and he loves silence and he loves peace and he, what was God thinking? We've had these conversations. What was God thinking? And yet, he knows. And if you get him to talk about it, I think he likes it. I think he wants me to keep it. Let's be honest. You, you do what you do. But I think he likes it. I think it makes him smile. And so if God says, hallelujah, cry in my house, I'm going to hallelujah, cry. Or I'm going to weep. And I don't really care if you like it or not. <laughs> because I'm here for my king. So really, we pray things that we do in the spirit are not an offense. We pray that they're not. But we need to be ready for the things God wants to do. If it's banners, if it's dancing, if it's laying out in the floor, if it's preaching without shoes on. Just because he said, get in the river, April. And I said, okay. (laughs) We want to do it with him. So let's just be still for a minute with him. fix our eyes on
1: him
2: Remember we said this year, we want to bring some meat. (laughs) That's the journey we're on, guys. We've got a year to prepare ourselves. This is the first start. It wasn't that amazing. Deep calling out unto deep. We're getting ready for what God has ahead of us as a leadership team. We're talking, we're praying. We're saying there's something coming. We've got to get our our family ready. This, thir- this Wednesday, all life groups are going to start your first of 12 teachings. That are, these are all significant. We're preparing. We're doing our part, but we need to do this together. We need to engage. It's not just the theory. It's not just the information. Not just the head knowledge. It's now the Holy Spirit coming and saying, guys, it's time for us to move as a body together. And today was the platform starts with our intimacy with him. Everything we do, Jesus died to tear the whale in two. To bring peace and relationship back to what it was meant to be. The Old Testament was a shadow of the things to come. It was religion. It was action that demonstrated their love. But Jesus came to bring the reality. Of that relationship that relationship I love that book are you willing to help me make you be willing <laughs> maybe it took him six days maybe till next Sunday we've got six days and everyday Holy Spirit what is it that you want me to be willing now to give you and maybe I'll ask April to just list those categories again and I'll send it to us in our Monday morning email tomorrow. Perhaps each day we can take one category and not just limit it to that, but let the Holy Spirit speak to each of us individually and say, my son, my daughter, I want you now to enjoy the fullness of walking victoriously, living victoriously. Every day can be an adventure in God. Every day can be fun despite the challenges. Thank you, Chief. Let's arise this morning. When we lift our hands, just for a moment, as the music just plays, just allowing Holy Spirit to do what He wants to do. You come, Lord. Keep speaking to us individually. He's drawing us. He's drawing us. He's drawing us. The love. The love. The love of the Father. He's not satisfied with us being in the outer courts. He's saying, I want you close. I want you close. I want to live with you every second of the day. I want to be part of every thought. Or rather turn it the other way around. I want you to be part of every thought. I think now the Lord says. Turn it around. Now he's calling us to his dining table we've been calling him to our world and our dining table and our problems and our situations and all this and for a change he's saying come up and dine with me leave your problems where they are you come and meet with me and I'll come to your level and pick you up and take you there if you're willing to let me make you be willing (laughs) and then the whole equation changes you begin to rise up on wings as eagles. Then you begin to run and not grow weary. Then you begin to walk and not faint. Then you begin to see the supernatural. Then you begin to see the miracles. Then you begin to see the provision. Then you begin to see the healings. Then you begin to see the gifts. Then you begin to see life. Just another minute or two. No, today we're just letting it take a little longer. But we're beginning our journey for a year to equipping ourselves now, fresh for what lies ahead. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just commit ourselves today as a family, as a fellowship, as brothers and sisters, desiring you more wanting the best wanting to be used by you in the best way possible but today you're saying it all begins now with me let's let's recalibrate where we are let's let's fine-tune today let's get the frequency correct that we're on the same frequency with you holy spirit 24 7 as we abide in you through the day we allow you to tell us, as we allow you to lead us.